0: On radio, on radio,
1: more of the good stuff. CliftonCentral.com.
0: Yes, more of the good stuff. It's time for rookies and rock stars. Oh my word! <laughs> I'm being such a blonde.
2: You're allowed. You're I, allowed.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, it's rookies and rock stars and it is a Wednesday, which means it's time for you to get inspired, motivated, and feeling rejuvenated even though it's the middle of the week and you hit that slump, but this is the, the right place to pick you up again and, and head you on nicely into the weekend and into the rest of the month, the rest of your life. Let's mm. let, let's get there. Let's get motivated. Obviously, uh, myself, Carly, is joined by Jade and Miss Prue, who are celebrating her big three three oh today so Yay. happy birthday to you thank you guys for
2: the cupcakes. I'm actually so excited about them.
0: I <laughs> must admit Jade really pulled some strings out. Uh, she got some pretty look, cupcakes. I am
2: going to Instagram them, they look so hot. I don't want to eat them. They're going to get rotten. I know.
3: I
0: think, I think they're too pretty
3: to eat. They're, they're way too very pretty nice. to eat. Thank you yeah. so much, Jay. Yeah, you turned 31, so Aww. welcome. Welcome. <laughs>
0: All right. So today we are talking. We, we've actually, it's very, very exciting stuff that we're talking about on the show. We've got a jam-packed show for you today on Rookies and rock stars. First up, we've got two uh, two representatives from MNET. And we are talking about the MNET Magic in Motion Academy. And they've selected 12 interns for the inaugural MNET. Mnet Magic in Motion. Now I saw the the promo, if you want to call it, or the ad on Mnet across all the Mnet channels, and pretty pretty exciting stuff for these twelve individuals. So uh, uh, yeah, I, we it's just mind blowing what these twelve individuals are going to be doing.
3: Yeah, I think what's really exciting about it is that each industry in this country is so niche and often the the aspirational students or people who are wanting to delve further into their niche part of the industry don't know how, don't have anybody mentoring them. Mm-hmm. They aren't given the opportunities by either corporates or tertiary education. You know, it's not given. And Emmet really have, um, and that's what we're loving about it. We're just loving the fact that these students are being given a break. They're being given an opportunity for their life to change. There'll be one lucky winner. But I mean, it's more, we're, we're excited to have um, the Corporate, what is it, Kirshni? Corporate Affairs Director. Corporate <laughs> Affairs A <lot> of, Director. <laughs> A lot of words. A lot of words. So we're, we're so delighted to have Kirshni, Governor, back with us. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us back. It's, oh, it's, it's really exciting to be
4: here, but sad at the same time, because the last time we were here, we interviewed by Simba. I know. And, yeah, um, yeah so it, it, it doesn't feel... Uh, the same, the same.
3: No. I know, no. I know. But he's 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 happy and smiling from a much better place. I promise. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think why we're inspired for the rookies and rockstars platform to have you back is because it's almost a initiative and campaign that's driving youth with a purpose. Correct. So we are just here to find out more about where you're at we were in the beginning stages. We've got Lele Dente here with us, one of the students. So where are you at, and how is it going? Okay. So when I last
4: came here, um, Jade, I was basically talking about a concept, and it was it seemed somewhat abstract at the time because we were still busy planning what this academy was going to look like. And um, just to refresh your memory and the the memory of your listeners, so what the MNET Magic in Motion Academy is all about, it's actually a virtual academy. So we know we're trying to replicate what the formal tertiary institutions are already doing because they're doing a fabulous job there. Mm. Instead, we've partnered with them so that post-graduation, the students then get an opportunity to apply to come onto the Magic in Motion Academy. Where they will then work with production companies that do work for MNET and they will get hands-on experience, um, in the industry.
0: And, and is it all the skills or is it specific skills that these individuals are, um, interested in? Okay. So the graduates would be from
4: film and TV studies disciplines. Okay. Um, from accredited universities across the country. And, um, and, you know, they would have an affinity for Producing or directing or DOP work. I mean, the list is actually quite vast. Yeah. And, um, and they will then be rotated amongst the various productions that we have commissioned, uh, for our various channels. And, um, and I think it's, it's somewhat different. Well, it's not somewhat. It's very different to what they would have been exposed to from a practical exposure point of view, um, at the universities, which all provide practical, um, training to them because this is in the real world so um you know it's 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 considering budgets it's considering um labor issues resources you know all sorts of things. Um, and it gives people a real, really good indication as to how things actually play out. Cause there's some shoots that start at like, what, four in the morning, Lele? I mean, even earlier. Wow. Even, they go uh, yeah, from like yeah. three in the morning to exactly
0: three uh, the next morning. Correct. And right. with very little sleep. Mm. Now, Lele, how, how did you find out about the whole, um, academy?
1: Um, how I found out was I got a screen grab from my aunt and mm-hmm. my cousin. And I was like, okay, what is this? Cause I didn't have DSTV at the time. And then I basically <laughs> went online on MNET and I searched and I read about it. And then I spoke to my HOD about it. And then they told me, okay, no, um, we're going to have forms. People must fill out forms. Um, and basically on, like, you know, get everything that's required for the application form. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's how basically I got you know, through the whole process. So Lele, what is it that you were studying when you, uh, which tertiary were you at? I was studying at AFTA, Johannesburg. Mm -hmm. Nice. And
2: I was studying uh, producing in television. And do you guys have training at the school before you actually go out into the real world? Yes, we do. We do um, theory, if you could call it, but it's more practical. Mm
1: -hmm. um, And we do practical work. So that's uh, all the studio technical work.
0: So then what happened? Okay, so you, you saw the screen grab, you applied. Yes. Then, then what is the process? Obviously, there weren't only 12 applicants to the academy. I mean, uh, Kirshni, uh, tell us what kind of response do you get from the public? Okay,
4: firstly, let me just tell you how the criteria works. So you've got Lele's view of it. So what mm-hmm. we did was we obviously partnered with all the tertiary institutions that offer film and TV studies, Mm -hmm. and we've pinpointed individuals within uh, those institutions that would then go to their final year students and uh, motivate them to send in motivations Mm -hmm. for to, to come onto the program. And we also needed... Um, not just the students to, to write a motivation But their lecturers as well So, Because they would have had Exposure to these students For the past 3-4 years, three, four years mm-hmm. Yeah and, um, so we really were looking for the cream of the crop. Mm. And, um, cause there were only, there's only really 12 spaces and we wanted to make sure that we gave it to the 12 best academically performing students. But that wasn't the only criteria. Mm. Passion and enthusiasm and it just, a, you know, a dire love for this industry mm. is are, are some of the other things we we're looking for as well.
0: And how old is the academy?
4: Well, it's only just started. So it's, a, it's in its an inaugural phase at the moment. No, mm. uh, why
0: wasn't this around 13 years ago when I graduated from, well, well, then it was Rao. Yeah. <laughs> you, I mean, this would have been, I promise you now, I would have been leaping at this opportunity. I
4: know. I know we all get very jealous when we think about what these students are going to be exposed to.
2: So how did you go about advertising the the the... The whole, um, campaign, campaign, exactly, because okay. a lot of people, I'm sure, were not even aware yes. up until they saw the ad of the 12 people that were chosen. Yes. So what is it that you guys went through before the process of actually selecting the people? Okay. We had a
4: couple of promos on air last year, but that obviously went out to the general public, mm-hmm. but it was important for us to tailor the communication and the marketing directly to the very students that we wanted to recruit. And therefore we partnered with those tertiary institutions and we used platforms within the institutions. So we would go onto campus radio and we would put up posters and um and of course a lot of the, the, the communication was done via the lectures and via the, the liaison offices at the universities so that the necessary information could be fed back to those students that we wanted to apply.
0: Now, this Wednesday of the month on Rookies and Rockstars, we're focusing about methods to success, methods to a successful future. The methods that you're going to be teaching them or guiding or mentoring them in the academy, do you think that this is like a a surefire way that these 12 graduates will be getting a job? Will they definitely be secured a job?
4: You know, when you, we, well, before I answer that, we've got an academy director that we've brought on full time Hmm. to give guidance to these 12 students. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it wasn't a stab in the dark. We got the best. So we've Mm -hmm. got Bobby Heaney, who's been in the industry. He has. For yonks. Mm -hmm. uh, But he has got a wealth of experience and knowledge. And he works hands-on with these students on a daily basis. So even though they go out to different productions, Bobby's there. And he's constantly testing with them and showing them things. And then they debrief at the end of the day. It's absolutely amazing. It's being at school all over again. It's
0: like the best Mm. internship program for film and television that you could possibly get in South Africa. Correct. And then to answer your question,
4: you know, Bobby always says this is an accelerated program. Mm. So he says for in, in, in the next 12 months, what these 12 students are going to get out of this, people in the industry probably wait 10, 15 years. To get that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're also getting exposed to some of the best production companies in the country. And, um, and I would be very, very surprised if, if they, didn't. They, they didn't get snapped up for employment <laughs> next year. Fantastic.
3: Um, just, just over to you. Um, I'll say it again. Lily, yes, oh, no, this is full on preggy brain. Baby, baby, all bug to, brain. Yeah, sorry. babe. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm so selective about the preggy brain. Like sometimes I claim it and sometimes I don't. Like sometimes I get offended. I'm like, don't, don't tell me I'm stupid because I'm pregnant. pregnant. And then the tears Lele. start. It's like four letters, Jade. Lily, sorry. So Lily, what um really, what we liked about it for our platform from the, from the beginning was that it really is giving you that. Front foot. I mean you've you've gone to after which is amazing. Mm. Not everyone takes that route, so well mm-hmm. done. Thank as you. a as a student and aspirational kind of film and industry human being, what what was your initial when you saw the screen grab from your parents, um did you think you stood a chance? What do you think other people are feeling? Do you think there's people out there who probably wanted to but were too afraid? At that time
1: when I actually saw the screen grab and the ad eventually, I was like you know, why not? What if I do make it? But then I was like, but there's so, so many that. people because then they're looking the whole of South Africa. And I was like, who am I, you know, to the rest of the people? So, but then I thought to myself, no, let me just, you know, let me apply because what's, what's there to lose if I, mm-hmm. if, I if I, if I don't. They can either say it, no or know? they can say yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I was like, I'm getting this. I'm going to apply and. I'm going to push, like, I'm going to find out how the process is going. If they don't call, I'm going to see, okay, fine, find out for my HOD, maybe if I can, you know, what's happening, you know, with the whole process. Um, yeah, but I was determined. I wanted, you know, to be part of this program. And especially because my dream was always like to be part of Mnet. Mm-hmm. So this is like, well, Aww. you know, foot Aww. in the door. I was too excited. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I was happy. I, like, I, I was happy
2: with the whole process. And yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> le, 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 le. I have a question for you. Um, If, like, for for instance, myself, when I started learning how to DJ before that, I, I learned how to DJ, but it wasn't, um, to, to the full best ability. So I went to a school, um, where I got mentoring. So, but I want to ask you if, like, I w- if I was a person that was working maybe a year and I feel like I still need that mentorship and if I had a platform for being on MNET, that would be great for me because like it's it further by career. Um, how- would you take people that are a year after school or two years after school that are still looking for that mentorship but don't have the platforms to start? You know, as you can imagine, probably the whole of South Africa
4: wanted to apply for those 12 positions and we needed to be quite selective. About the kind of type of criteria that we put down, and uh, and the important thing for us was to adhere to that as strictly as possible. Mm. So one of the things we insisted on was that the students come from accredited. Uh, tertiary institutions. Mm-hmm. The second thing is that they have studied film and TV studies, I know some institutions offer journalism with film and TV as a course, mm-hmm. but it, but it isn't, had to be the major. You, it oh, yeah. had to be the major Your degree, yeah. And um, and furthermore, so it was important as well that they would have completed. Um, so so the academy kicks off every year on the first of March. So mm-hmm. it's important that they would have completed their studies within mm-hmm. six months of the academy okay. kicking off. Mm-hmm. So um, so that way. Uh, you know we were able to to narrow down the number of people that actually applied because the selection process is stringent, and we really needed to make sure that there was transparency in how we did it and um and that we could choose the best the best ones
3: um and And one of the things I liked about what you'd said um when when it went to the press, and maybe you could just chat us through that when you kind of marry sustainable development with the cSI, mm. what was your thinking behind that? Okay. So, you know, with,
4: with MNET, we've always been a very caring, giving organization. And M-Net I think MNET cares. MNET cares. <laughs> uh, you know, MNET has been synonymous with caring mm-hmm. and it's always that warm, soft, fuzzy feeling. And, and that was all great. You know, the, the outreach was wonderful, but it wasn't necessarily focused. And, um, and we thought we can give more, uh, because there's more to us. There's, there's, there's a greater com- commodity to us mm-hmm. than just the money aspect of it because we have all this talent in the industry. So if we can create the platform to challenge, uh, channel that kind of uh, talent back into the communities, why not? Mm. And that's where the Magic in Motion Academy was born. So it is... Not just MNET, it's the entire industry that has rallied together. Mm. And I think, you know, in the beginning when we came to here just to speak to you guys um on this very same show, we were busy rounding together all the production companies and getting their buy-in. And um so it, it's become quite formidable in that there's so many people uh, behind this program that it's definitely going to be sustainable. Yeah.
0: Now, Mnet has done something similar before where you showcase short films made by South Africans. Correct. Uh, was that like the stepping stones or is that where the seed um, started to grow and develop into the, the academy today?
4: Yes, we still do that uh, via the Bioscope, Biscope. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's more of an enterprise development type of uh, scenario where we give small up-and-coming production companies an opportunity to produce content for us. and okay. uh, And then we obviously put that on air. So one of the things that our 12 students will be doing as well, so in addition to getting all this wonderful exposure, at the end of the year, they will receive a, uh, commissioning brief. And, um, and they will- I remember you talking yes, about that. Yeah, so they're gonna actually put together their own production, and that, if it's good enough, obviously, then it's going to go on, to, on, on air, and that will be wow. their first, uh, piece of work.
3: And, and you, you, uh, Lele? <laughs> It was close. <laughs> I was like, don't, don't let yourself down again. <laughs> Lily, um, you often refer to HOD. What kind yes. of role does the HOD play in a place like AFTA?
1: Well, the HOD is like the mother, basically, of your department. And uh, it's the first person, like your point of call, you know, um, for this initiative. You had to, you know, uh, talk to her, find out more about this, um, this program from her. Um, what kind of role is that? She overlooks everything, you know She takes care of the department and the students And makes sure that as Mm -hmm. students We get what we want out of, you know The department and the school, yeah
3: And is there like goal setting? Is there uh, like in terms... Because you've referenced her in terms of bouncing off quite a bit from her So it's obviously quite an important and like trusted role Do you bounce... Um, you know, other stuff off, do students kind of go to them and say, look, this is what I want to be by the time I'm done here, or I don't know what I want to be by the time I'm done here?
1: Well, I mean, if you want to, you okay. know, it's by choice. Um, uh, our HOD, Henriette, um, she's the kind of person where I can go to and talk to her, you know, if I want to, like, and, and I share my views and where I see myself. I mean, she'll give me advice, you know, she, she gave me advice. She's like, because I was kind of... Um, I was I wanted to do my honours, but at the same time I wanted to do this program and she was like, do this programme. You know, it's for you, it's gonna open doors for you, it's gonna do well. I mean you can always go back and do your honours, you know. So that that advice, you know, and look where I am now, I'm part of the programme.
3: I'm so glad they exist. You you often think with tertiary education that they don't anymore because it's so, you know, loosely structured. So it's so comforting to know that you guys are being steered.
2: When I when I went through um, what the email that she sent us Jade about the whole um, campaign, the Mnet campaign, um, I read I went through um, a thing called the Magic in Motion Expo. So it sounds very interesting and I'd like to know more about it. Okay. So I'm glad you asked that question because one of the questions you posed
4: earlier was, you know, about uh, people that that hear about this but they don't think that they stand a chance. Now, that was important for us because if you think of our industry and I'm a, I'm a relatively newcomer to the industry. So when I started and I started understanding the number of Uh, kind of roles and careers that exist behind the scene, I was completely flawed. And I still get amazed that there, that it is such a huge industry. Yet, if you pick up the, you know, an average career guidance book or whatever, you'll get to hear about jobs in the mining sector. In the financial services se- sector, but very rarely do you hear about broadcasting and mm. film and TV, mm. and um, and out of that and and even you know while we were putting the academy together, we realised that there's probably a need to go to school kids already and try and educate them about the types of careers that exist in this industry because people tend to go mainstream, you know, they want to do a BCom or they want to do um, engineering or whatever the case may be,
2: but you can do all of that. But still, come into our industry. How do we like? I had par- my parents right when I started DJing. They were like, "What you gonna do, DJing? That's so absurd. Do something else." <laughs> so, how do we now start talking to the parents through um, what you guys are doing before we actually get to the kids? Because you know, parents have like a huge influence on what kids um, tend to want to be when they grow up. Correct. What we've done is
4: we've partnered with um, the science centers in, um, in, in both in Jo'burg, uh, Durban, and Cape Town because they have, uh, like in Jo'burg, they've got the Cybono Center where you can go in and you get a good feel for the types of industries that exist in South Africa and you get career advice and so forth. So what we want to do this year is we actually want to partner with them so that they can go to the schools that they have on their list of priorities. And um, invite those very same schools. So targeting grade 11 students that are on the brink of making career choices and study choices so that they can come through to the expo and get a feel for the types of careers that exist. But not only that, is they get to interact with the people who are already in the job. So Mm -hmm. I think – I mean – uh, we could have only dreamt of that when we were in school exactly. because we'd have to read up about it. I mean, we didn't even have Google to check up on, mm-hmm. you know, what careers are all about. Well, I'm talking about me here. A <laughs> couple <of> generations <laughs> behind. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And um, so so uh, with with this, you know, to actually speak to a person and find out what does he do on a day-to-day basis, I think
2: that is so valuable. Mm. Lila, my question to you is how do you manage the hectic hours? Because um, I saw that you guys were doing um, Miss Essay and you were doing another thingy. So, how do you manage waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning having to go? And you're a woman, you know? Um, Not that uh, women can't do anything. <laughs> like, we can do it 10 yeah. times better, but up. Yeah. Like, uh How do I? I don't manage it, I
1: just do it. You, you just know, do because, it because I love what I do. And yeah, I'm passionate about what I'm doing right now. So, I just do it. You know, I wake up at 3 a.m you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i remember for my interview i once said um i read a quote that i saw once um yeah i have a dream you know to lose my sleep for you know? oh, so wow. i'm willing exactly so <laughs> you
3: can come back Lele can come back Kershny, you've chosen well you've chosen yeah, well. So i have a tattooed on
1: my body happens. so i don't forget yeah. that. Now, so that's where I am right now. Yeah.
3: Now, um,
0: what set these twelve individuals apart? Obviously, they were at the top of their class or whatever. But Lele, what do you think it is that yourself, even different from the other eleven um, students at the academy? What What do you think is your driving passion that made them select you? Wow. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Back um,
3: yourself.
1: You know, I think it's because I'm willing to lose my sleep. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it's it's my passion. Like. It's the hunger that I have for it, you know. Uh, the fact that I am working, I want to work this twenty four seven, you know. Wow. Be a part of a production and see it grow, you know, and see it expand and give back to others, you know. In the long mm. run, um, yeah. So I think they saw that in me, um, and that's why I'm here now. Well, congratulations yeah. to you and
4: Thank the you. eleven,
0: the other eleven candidates.
4: I think for us, passion is something that you can't. Pretend to have, mm. uh, you can't, you can't fake it. You either have it or you don't. And, mm. uh, and that was obviously glaring with these 12 students. It was, mm. it was easy in that regard uh, to, to select them. Very interestingly, you said earlier about women and, uh, and what it's like being a woman on the shows and mm. all of that. I must stress something. It was really, really exciting for me. And I, and I have to say what happened. Of the 12, um, for seven seventy five 75%, um, am I right, Ryan? 75, 75. Oh, seven. So we've got seven um, of the of them that 12? are male. Of the, that, are male. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So seven so are male, five are ladies. It wasn't contrived. It was. Um, it was just because it, they got it on merit. So it wasn't like we were pushing um, agenda, mm. agenda.
2: Agenda.
0: Agenda. It it's just. Cool. It <laughs> just <laughs> happened. That's a funny way. No, <laughs>
2: agenda. And the women in the industry are, are, are tending to work e- extremely hard then may at the moment so it's, it's quite good and it's inspiring. Mm.
3: Exactly. So ladies, I mean, we, we remain encouraged. It's even more encouraging now, as you say, that it's not this abstract idea. We're seeing the fruit. We're seeing the lovely Lele and I'm sure all the other contestants here, Lezo, Tembo, Sandiswe, all of them. We just want to, we, we want to thank you um, as a corporate just for allowing for, mm. you know, steering youth and giving them a platform where they can grow and become. And the most important thing here is you're giving them a howl, which often is what's lacking in this country. So you mm. you're giving them the howl. Mm. So Lily, good luck. Yeah, um, get some sleep <laughs> if you can. Um, Kirshni Governor, always lovely having you here um, with your posse. Um, so um, just thank you for coming in and all the best. Keep us posted. And we missed the launch, unfortunately, but we'd love to be at whatever else you do. So keep us posted and um, good luck. Thank you, thank Jade. You. Thank
4: you. So there's going to be obviously lots more of these launches every year because we obviously want to perpetuate this thing way into the future. And and we hope that it serves as a prototype for other corporates to also start giving back and developing youth because um, you know, we're hoping that we're on the right track with this. Absolutely.
0: Mm. Thank you awesome. so much ladies. After the break and a song we've got another fabulous guest here on Rookies and Rockstars.
5: Hello. Hi Dave from A1 Builders in Pretoria. Yeah. It's Dan. I found your number on the internet and I need you to build me a room the purpose of which I cannot disclose.
0: What?
5: Fine. It's a sunroom. Can you start immediately? It's 4am. I'm sure it's 4
3: a.m. somewhere, Dave, but here in SA, it's 10.
1: You mean USA?
3: There's more than one Pretoria out there. For the quickest and most efficient way to find what you're looking for, start your search
2: with yellowpages.co.za or download the app, Yellow Pages, for local, reliable results.
5: It has been locked away from the eyes of the world, chained, never to be released. But now, it wants to get out. Stay tuned to Clef Central weekdays to find out how you can unleash the Jeep Renegade. Find hidden codes and videos posted by Jeep SA, and you could win Jeep Renegade Prizes, as well as become the person to single-handedly unleash the Jeep Renegade upon the shores of South Africa. Are you renegade enough? Visit unleashrenegade.co.za to find out. T's and C supply.
2: Clipcentral.com.
0: Oh that's all I want just a little bit of Rihanna today is that just not too beautiful and Paul McCartney I don't know where he features in on that song but it's Paul no, McCartney the, Kanye West you know, and
2: Rihanna there was the they did the first track of the of this track it had Paul McCartney and Kanye West so they brought in Rihanna so that's when she started the first bit in the, in the at the beginning
0: Oh, I get it, exactly. I get it, I get it Okay, well we're still staying with the whole Methods to Success And um, we do this every third Wednesday of the month If I'm not yes, mistaken yes. here on uh, Rookies and Rockstars And next up joining us in the hot seat here on Rookies and Rockstars Is Dr. Tomba Chuma and who was Kenyan born, but is here in South Africa. You're an entrepreneur and you have a passion for business leadership, medical business coaching, corporate environments and startup ventures. And you're also very uh, passionate about property and real estate investments. So you are the, the go-to guy when it comes to motivating people, especially when it comes to property investments. Is that, is that correct?
5: That's, that's true, Kali. I think uh, that's, that's been my area of expertise for the last, uh, what, 10 to 12 years. But actually, like you've mentioned, I come from a medical background. So I've I've got a, got a degree in medicine, but I actually never practiced. I only did that for less than a year. Wow! But then after that, I moved to the healthcare industry, specifically in the pharmaceutical industry. And I still run a business in the healthcare side. But I also started my investments on the property side, which, which mm-hmm. makes a very big difference. I always tell people that uh, if you're looking for passive income, I don't think there's anywhere better to look for passive income other than property, and that's why I went there because I'm very passionate about just getting a passive income as you're as you're sleeping or as you're doing whatever you're doing, and that comes you know every month or at the end of every month.
3: I think there, there, there are so I mean property is one of them, but there's mm-hmm. really so many wonderful. Attributes of of your of your CV, as it were. I know, I know that it's not a, that not quite that. But in terms of what what we really were, um, what what delighted us here was that you're an author, and I think there's so many aspirational authors um, as well as motivational speaking, and we'll get onto that. But I just want to unpack the journey for you. of of how that started and what got you to actually publishing the book because we think there's a lot of people who probably could write beautifully um, but just don't know where to start, don't know how to take what's in their head and put it on paper. How did it start for you?
5: I think it 's a long journey, and and when you think about it, it you know they say hindsight is two thousand and twenty so if if you essentially I start looking at it backwards it's I could have done it the first one year after I <laughs> left the corporate world <laughs> it, you don 't have to wait as long as I did um, but But the whole idea is you 've got to take your passion and turn it into something that you can enjoy doing on a day to day basis. I mean you guys are fabulous, you seem to be having a lot of fun here, which I could be doing this on a daily basis, but in essence, if you decide that this is my passion I can do it whether I'm getting paid or not of course money is important I'm not mm. saying that money is not important but you can always turn your passion into something that is um you can commercialize it so to say but in essence if if something is in your passion is your passion you can always drive it to anything that you want you can write a book you can you can take it to the extremes of of where you want it mm. where you want to get it and in essence that's what happened to me because uh, property and investing is a passion for me And it's something that I enjoy doing I could do it whether I'm losing money or making money mm. But if you love it that much to actually write a book And write about it Chances are that you're going to make a living out of it
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Now we've got the book, a book right here, which you brought for us. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. It's, uh, it's titled Build a Legacy, A Touch Freedom. Six a building, oh, and it's six steps, a building a multi-million rand property portfolio on middle class income. Now income seems to be the key word here because I'm thinking, <laughs> yes, that's all fair and well, buy property. But what happens if you don't have this income to even start?
5: Uh, good question, because th- that's a question that we get from a lot of people. But like I've mentioned there, if you have a middle class income, there's no reason why you can't build a, a good property portfolio. I mm-hmm. mean, just, just to put you into the picture, and this is something that really hit me like, you know, like a ton of bricks the other day. I had that, um, less than 5% of pensioners in South Africa, and you're talking about private pensions, we're not talking about the GEPF, which is a government one, 5% of them are earning more than 20000 rands a month. So that means that the rest is earning much, much less, less than yeah. that. Okay, yeah. Now, compare that to somebody who decided instead of working for this pension and putting my money, let me go and buy property using this extra money that I have on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
5: the other day I met somebody, an elderly gentleman around in his mid-70s. He's got 60 properties. No. Yeah. Wow. And if you look at how much he used to earn then, I mean, he never used to earn a lot. In mm. fact, he bought his first property to live in when I think he was 45. And yeah. he's got an income, a passive income, for more than 150000 net. And I just thought he just did something different from someone else who was putting in a pension. I'm not saying that he shouldn't put your money into pension.
3: But, but maybe look prioritize. At this, prioritize mm. where you put
5: your money, and it's amazing what property gives you because it's it requires a bit of patience, but much later it gives you much, much more. And and mm. that's that's a message that I'm trying to bring in with this book uh, as part of my entrepreneurship journey.
2: So as a as a young person, and I feel like why should I have so many houses, and um, why should I buy property? Um, why is it that we should start buying property at, at a young age? Why property? Why not? Um, cows for instance or, of shares, pens- or shares or <laughs> money markets why or- property
5: it, it's it's actually very easy um, I always say let's say for example you've got what 5,000 runs or mm-hmm. 10,000 runs as, as an example mm-hmm. and you've got a constant income that you can go- be able to show the bank that um, I've got a constant income I've got a pay slip, but it comes on a monthly basis which is what most lenders are looking for if you go to the stock market how many people can give you extra money to invest with your 5,000 rands, who can be able to leverage that money on the stock market? Chances are that nobody. Nobody. Mm, yeah. If you tell them, I found this very nice um, stock, uh, let's say African Bank, <laughs> <laughs> or oh, so, well, yeah. oh, whatever, I'm just saying African Bank because I'm, I'm sure you guys know the story. Yeah. Uh-huh. But let's say you've got this nice stock that you've identified, and you want to buy a stock worth half a million, mm-hmm. and you only have 10,000 rands, is there someone who's going to give you the extra amount of money for you to to actual leverage it's on that, ups- no, stock. No, no one. Mm. But if you go and tell them, oh, I found this piece of property, I only have 10,000 rands, can you guys borrow me or lend me the money to go and buy this asset? Chances are that they'll be they breaking their knees mm. to lend you the money, if, that is if you've got a good credit history. Mm. But as a young person, uh, to come back to your question, is when you start early um, and you buy, let's say, two of those properties in a year, you already have 1 million rand worth of assets appreciating, let's say, at 10%. I wish I did that when I was 20, <laughs> because yeah. it would be somewhere different right now. Mm. So if the, the earlier you start, of course, the better it is. Mm. Um, you, you know, you can never say it's never too late, but uh, if you can start early and young, by the time you're 35, you, you probably have 20, and you're, you're free to do what you feel like doing and doing what, where you want to go and with whoever you want to go with.
3: Mm. And, yeah. and when was the, Dr. Chuma, when was the first time as a person – what age were you when you first started to believe you could become somebody that could achieve these things?
5: Um, that was, I, the, the, there was a turning point and, and maybe let me talk about the turning point. I, I got a job and I was moved to South Africa by a big corporate based in Switzerland, a multinational pharmaceutical company. And when I came to South Africa, the, I worked for them for two years and for one reason or another, I didn't feel satisfied in what I was doing. And, mm-hmm. and I, I kept thinking, you know, where should I be and where should I belong? And started looking at business as an option. Now, one of the things that struck me was in um, after three years working for them, I realized that the amount of uh, profit or uh, the amount of corporate profits that they had made was more than the budget for most African countries. Mm-hmm. And someone told me this country that this company was once a small entity. And in essence, what I thought was, if you start a business or if you learn how to to start a business and make it successful, it always starts from something small. And and that's when I made a conscious decision that I'm going to leave the corporate world. I'm going to go into business and start my own businesses. And that was uh, 12 years ago.
3: And that was, that was a
5: turning point. And
3: then how do you... Balance, Because obviously you've pretty much got your methods right. Yours has been through writing and your book and property investment. So your hows on how to get there, you've kind of figured out what they are. But how do you manage all the different elements? So property, writing, motivational speaking. How do you manage your portfolio of skill?
5: It's um, if, you, if you look at all those skills, you could put them together and say it's, it's primarily – um, trying to be the best you can be in a certain area. A- and for me, it's trying to be, be the best I can be in business, in being able to run a business. And that helps you to have a goal and set yourself and say, these these are my goals. How do you achieve them? It's what you're talking about. It's basically laying out and saying, I need to be doing this and this and this for me to be able to achieve these goals. So it's it becomes much easier once you you've set a vision of what you want to achieve Mm-hmm. Because then that determines what you want to do today. I mean, give you an example. It's very easy for um, somebody who knows they want to go to Cape Town to pick the right flight if they want to use, you know, air travel or to pick the right bus if they want to use the right bus. But you have a goal. So what you're doing on a day to day basis, you just need to make sure that you manage it towards achieving your big goal. And that, Self-development, you, you oh. really have to work on self-development. You know, yeah. you they always say that there's never a bad investment. There's always a bad investor. So, oh, you, wow. so you, you can only invest in yourself to make yourself better and be able to achieve what you set yourself to do.
2: Okay, I have a dream, right? Yeah. That when I'm 65, I'd yeah. like to have a house looking over the ocean by Cape Town and that's where I want to retire. Yeah. So which is the best place? To um, rent to buy property at the moment, to say okay, fine, in like, Cape Town. No, 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 not in Cape Town. Oh. All over South Africa. Which is the best place to buy property at the moment, and which is the best place for a person to say this is the place where I want to retire, and I know that mm-hmm. this place will make money for me.
5: Um, a bit of a difficult question, but <laughs> I, I'll give you some pointers. Fundamentals. The, the fundamentals are very easy. Um, you need to look for properties that are appreciating. Uh, you, If you decide to go residential, residential is always an easy entry point. Uh, Of course, there is residential, there's commercial, there's quite a big number of different properties that you can invest in. But let's say, for example, you decide, I want to have a certain size of a property portfolio. You've you got to decide what market you're going to go for. So, like, for example, you can say, I'm going to go for the middle class um, property. So you're looking at properties maybe between what half a million and a million rand. In the suburban areas and probably sectional titles because those ones appreciate pretty well. So you can say, for me to buy that dream property for retirement in Cape Town, where do you want it? In Cape, Cape Town, Town, yes. Cape Town.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Cape Town.
5: <laughs> um, I'll need to have this amount of money or I need to have um, this amount of money in my portfolio. It's So you could say, I'll buy 20 or 30 properties now. By the time in 20 years, this is how much they be valued at and I'll be able to have enough equity to buy my retirement home. Um, so to to answer your question directly, go for suburbs that are appreciating, go for sectional mm-hmm. titles, go for middle-class properties, and I'd say between half a million or maybe between 800 and 1 million. Why? Because there's very strong growth in that particular segment of the market, and there's also very high demand. Uh, remember, South Africa has one of the highest-growing middle classes in the world. Mm. So you need to target that market to make sure that uh, – the rental demand is also driving the property appreciation. Mm.
3: Yeah. And, and just coming back to the word dream that mm. Ms. Prue used and your word vision, how, if you've, if you've just started to think about your vision and your dream, what advice would you give to those people who are about to put that onto paper of how to set those out?
5: In, in the self-development world, those are two different ones. I don't know whether you, you realize that. Yes. The dream is, is not actionable. Vision is actionable. Mm. Uh, in, in, uh, in business strategy, and when you think about getting things done, you talk about vision because vision you can be able to break down a vision. Chances are that you can be able to break down a dream. It's, it's maybe more technical. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 that's awesome. <laughs> but, but uh, give you an example. You could, you could be dreaming of something and people, a lot of people dream. Let's, let's face it. But a vision is something that is much, has much more clarity. Uh, the issue about vision is how you break it down into chunks that are achievable and goals and timelines. And then you come down to what I can be able to do today to move it forward. So mm. just, just as a, as a differentiation, you, you mainly want to work on vision and identify it, then work backwards up to today and give your vision a timeline and make sure that it's stated in present tense, like I'm currently uh, living in my retirement home in Cape Town. So for me to achieve that, what do I need to do? So you start working on it backwards until you have actionable steps. And they say that a vision cannot be a vision if you cannot identify what you want to do for it now.
3: Wow! If you, can,
5: if you don't do anything for it now, then it's possibly not a a vision. It's hmm. possibly a dream. And a dream. If there's no action, that's a dream. If there's a action, then that's a vision.
1: Oh,
3: I, like I like that. That's mm. going to be a rookie's quote. So yeah. <laughs> the dreams aren't actionable, but the visions are, yeah. and mm-hmm. that's what Once differentiates you've done the them. Action. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely. interesting. Okay,
0: so this is my situation. We bought a place, a house, eight years ago. We were living in it for four. We've been renting it out, but the rent doesn't quite cover the the expense of of the house to us yeah. In terms of levies and etc yeah. etc cetera, et cetera. Now um we're trying to sell it But it doesn't look like we're going to get Anything off of it So it's actually been a loss to us Because yeah. we've been losing money on it Every single month Versus it being a profit Or yeah. uh, an investment for us yeah. Do you advise we hold on to it Until we do make a profit Because it is actually a seller's market At the moment So what is your advice there?
5: It's interesting because those are questions that we usually have, we usually have seminars on a monthly basis and and these questions we, we get a lot of them on a day to day basis. But, but number one, and as a fundamental, we don't advise that you sell property at all. Not, not in five years, not in ten years, not in a hundred years, not forever. Unless, Mm -hmm. you know, something extremely drastic happens. Like, let me give you an example. A squatter comes, comes and (laughs) puts up, puts up around your house, then you could sell it. That given, the, the question is understanding your investment because you, you, th- there is a loss of of uh, income or the, your property yes. is making a loss at this point in time.
0: Yes. It's slowly but surely yeah. draining okay. our pockets. But, but I can so. almost,
5: I can almost analyze it and tell you number one, you're in a high growth area. If, if your property is in high growth area, you'll always have a deficit on a monthly basis. It takes between six and eight years to break even on high growth areas. We're talking about places like Santon. Uh, places like Bedford View. Mm. If you get properties in those areas, the high growth areas, they're very well, highly sought out areas. There's a very big chance that that property is going to be a loss maker for at least mm. six to eight years. Afterwards, because of the growth of the value, then the renter will catch up to make sure that it takes care of. Of course, the bond the being one of the big uh, expenses. Expenses,
0: yes, yeah. But then
5: after that, the rates and taxes and all that.
0: Mm.
5: So unless you've given it eight years. And it's really not making anything.
0: No, and and we paid too much. I didn't state that we paid too much for it in the beginning.
5: That could also be. Remember, so you make overpriced. money when you yeah. You make money when you're buying, not when you're selling.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. when you when, when
5: you buy and. To get me, a it's
0: just been a, a, a like a why buy yeah. if this is the the outcome. I mean, the yeah. losses. Uh, but loss but, is but just the other
5: thing there, Kali, is also to think about what is going to be the value of that property in another ten or twenty years. It's amazing. If you start looking backwards, if, if um, it's, I don't know if it's in the section or title, it's a freestanding, But if you look back at those properties in, let's say, 20 years or 30 years ago, you'll actually want to keep that property. Because in another few years, that's in another 20, 10, 15 years, that property could be three or four times its value. Hmm. Then you start thinking, oh, now I've got a lot of equity here. I could actually pull out this equity and buy myself a car instead of going for vehicle asset finance.
0: You are uh, one very wise
2: man, dr <laughs> Che <Chimera. laughs> very, very mm. okay, let's say now um this um I won't say dumb. Um, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out how to get into the whole process of making money through, um, what we are talking about now. So if I buy a house now, what do I do with it? Do I rent it out or do I sell it or do I re- renovate it and make it, um, do you look do in it yourself? or do you live in it? Mm. And you have 10 other houses. Do you live in all of them or how do you now start making money from all of those houses that you've just bought? Um,
5: we, we like also differentiating between uh, property investment and and, and trading And and a lot of people buy a property Thinking that they're investing But actually they're trading the, the minute you have somebody buying a property Renovating it and selling it That's a trade That's actually a business Where you, you need to find efficiencies within the business But investing When you talk about investing You're looking for something that you're going to buy Keep it for a very long period of time For it to be able to generate wealth and passive income Mm-hmm. So, so th- let's first make that differentiation very clear.
2: So, does someone stay in it while you're waiting for it to? Uh,
5: absolutely, because you you've got to rent it, so that uh, the 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 person who is paying the rental actually takes care of the bigger chunk of the expenses. The big one being, of course, the 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 bond the, into what they call the interest expense, but also as, as the rental grows, it will take care of other things and you'll have a positive cash flow. But the growth is also a very big part of, of, um, you know, building wealth, the growth on the property. So. One of the things that we advise is you have to come up with a strategy Because a lot of people just go in and buy, buy But they don't know what they're doing And it's a very simple thing You know, when you talk about strategies It's sounding like you're sitting down to come up with a business plan But in essence, it's purely sitting down and deciding I'm going to buy this type of property in this location And I'm going to use this type of entities to do it Because guys, don't do it under your own personal name That's one thing that we always advise yeah, people mm, don't, 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 don't so once you've set up that strategy then it becomes much easier for you to identify and pick out the the right properties to buy and to put in your portfolio.
0: Okay, wow. brilliant. Mm. This this time with you has absolutely flown, Doctor Chuma. It absolutely has. It's been so informative and so helping. And I really hope anyone that's listening right now to cliffcentral.com will take even just a small piece of advice that you've given and hopefully grow it into a a beautiful empire, a retirement home, an investment, whatever the case may be. I really hope they've taken something from, from this time that you've spent with us.
3: Thank yeah. You thank you so much for your time. So awesome to see people achieving what they set out to do. So thank you for, for coming in. Um, we look forward to reading your book, The Build a Legacy Touch Freedom. Thank you so much for, for giving us one as a gift. What a treat. We will let you know how that goes. I'll give it to Miss Pruitt. Sounds like she's on the property roll there. <laughs> so thank you for coming no, in. Thank you very much. Um, and keep us posted. And hopefully one day we'll see you back here with 40 more properties. Absolutely. Thank Fantastic. you very much. We and,
0: and one last time Happy birthday to Miss Prue
3: Yay. Thank you
0: <laughs> That's Good. rookies and rock stars And we're out
5: Cliffcentral.com.